agent John Clooney devises a dangerous plan to capture a shadow killer alive, contract a hit on himself. John Wessex, The Shadow Killers, is the second book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. We go to Arrowhead now for Lift Every Voice and Sing as it's played in the stadium. At the dawn of the 20th century, America was a country full of promise and hope for many. Black Americans faced a different reality, a nation separate and unequal. Yet their hope persisted. Pained by inequality, but inspired by resilience, writer and civil rights activist James Weldon Johnson put pen to paper. His words would become a unifying call, a hope for a brighter tomorrow, a timeless exhortation to lift every voice and sing. Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven
forces that want to take us back to another place. We don't want to go back. We want to go forward. We go to Africa.
is Michael Franti with a little subterranean homesick blues. Kick it off like this. It's a Johnny's in the basement, mixing up the medicine. I'm on the pavement, thinking about the government. The man in the trench coat, badge got laid off. Says he's got a bad call, wants to get it paid off. Look out, kid, it's something you did. God knows when, but you're doing it again. You better duck down the alleyway, looking for a new friend. The man in the cool skin cap is in the big band. Wants $11 bills, but you only got 10 Maggie comes flea foot, face full of black soot, talking at the heat foot, plants in the bed, but the phone's tapped anyway. Maggie says that many say they got a bust in early May, orders from the DA. Look out, kid, no matter what you did, walking on your tiptoes, don't try no those. You better stay away from those that carry around the fire hose. Keep a clean nose, watch the plane close. You don't need no weather, man, to know which way the wind blows. You got to get sick, get well, hang around an inkwell, ring bell, hard to tell if anything is gonna sell, try hard to get far, get back, right trail, get jail, jump bail, join the army if you fail, look out, kid, you're gonna get hit by users, users cheaters, cheaters, six-time losers, hang around the theater, girl by the whirlpool, looking for a new pool, don't follow no leaders, watch the parking watch meters. Get warm, get warm, short pants, romance, learn to dance, get dressed, get yourself blessed, try to be a success, please her, please him, buy gifts, don't steal, don't live, no man, 20 years of schooling and they put you on the day shift, look out kid, they keep it all here, better jump down a manhole, light yourself a candle, don't wear sandals, try to avoid the scandals, don't want to be a bum, you better chew gum, the pump don't work cause the vandals stole the handles. And that's how we and take it underground. The subterranean homesick blues. You say, oh yeah. And good morning, mutineers. This is the B a.k.a. Bill Morgan, and this is Labor and Love Radio. Back on this February 19th to tell you how it is. If one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table, that is, where you work, you're on the menu. And never, but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. It's only a waste of time. Labor and Love Radio, where the labor meets the road. And good morning to you all. Hope you had a good week, and I hope you had good work. This is the show <clears throat> coming at you from 2781 21st Street in the Mission District the heart of the mission. And this is the show where we tell you our credos. Well, let's look at some of our credos. We had a that uh, set we just played. We just ended up with Mike Franti, Spearhead, playing uh, Dylan's Homesick Blues, Subterranean Homesick Blues. For that, the great Paul Robeson, Ode to Joy, more about Robeson later on in the show. 
And Alicia Keys performing Lift Every Voice and Sing, the Black National Anthem written by James Weldon Johnson. Okay, let's see here. Our credos. These are credos that we believe in on this show. Just want to put it all out there in front so everybody knows where we're coming from. Credos. Let's start out with Robert Reich, former Secretary of Labor under uh, Bill Clinton. Reich uh, teaches at UC Berkeley and has sort of become a one-person movement. Produced that video, excellent video called Inequality for All. Here he's telling us about the stock market. You know, you ever wonder why every news show they say the stock market's up and down? We don't really have anything to do with that as working people. You remember, he says, that the richest 1% own half of the stock market and the richest 10% own almost all, 92% of it. So when Trump brags about the stock market or anyone brags about the stock market or any newsman tells you about the stock market, they're not talking about the economy that 90% of Americans inhabit. Okay, that's somebody else they're talking about. A stock market. Pity the nation, says Lawrence Ferlinghetti, whose people are sheep and whose shepherds mislead them. Pity the nation. Whose leaders are liars, whose sages are silenced, and whose bigots haunt the airwaves. Pity the nation. That raises not its voice except to praise conquerors, and acclaim the bully as hero and aims to rule the world by force and by torture, pity the nation that knows no other language but its own and no other culture but its own, pity the nation whose breath is money and sleeps the sleep of the too well-fed, pity the nation. Oh, pity the people who allow their rights to erode and their freedoms to be washed away. My country, tears of thee, sweet land of liberty. Great Lawrence Ferlinghetti. Utah Phillips. This is one we can get behind. Kids don't have a little brother working in the coal mine. They don't have a little sister coughing her lungs out in the looms of the big mill towns of the Northeast. Why? Because we organized. We broke the back of the sweatshops in this country. We have child labor laws. Those were not benevolent gifts from enlightened management. They were fought for, they were bled for, they were died for by working people, by people like us. Kids ought to know that. That's why I sing these songs. That's why I tell these stories. Damn it, no root, no fruit. And we can second that 
involvement in the labor movement and teaching kids about labor movement. Utah Phillips, the uh, labor troubadour. Huh? Facebook. Huh? Okay, next. These are all our credos. This is what we believe, what I believe on this show. Hopefully you believe too. When the penalty for aborting after rape is more severe than the penalty for rape, that's when you know it's a war on women. Hear, hear. <laughs> Immigrants. What about immigrants? Are we being invaded? What's happening? I can remember looking on my car and seeing a paper that was saying that we were being invaded. Can I tell you a secret, says Jesse Mimmer? I don't even care if there are undocumented immigrants in this country. Without social security numbers, they aren't privy to the welfare people claim they get. The vast majority of them are normal people trying to live a better life. This whole wall, deport the illegals bullshit, is just the 1% convincing the working poor to blame a subset of the working poor for the fact that they're all poor. Instead of realizing the reason they're all poor is due to the vast income inequality and resource price inflation in combination with wage stag Nation, please use your brains. The existence of another poor person is not why you're poor. Because the people who control everything refuse to increase your wages. Yes. You're poor because you're not getting paid enough. So you're just not that into politics. Your boss is. Your landlord is, your insurance company is, and every day they use their political power to keep your pay low, raise your rent, and deny you coverage. <laughs> it's time to get into politics, okay? It's time to get into politics. Okay, it's time to get into politics. Let's see what we got. I think we got a couple more. We certainly have the one of George Sand. Humanity is outraged in me and with me. We must not dissimulate nor try to forget this indignation, which is one of the most passionate forms of love. George Sand, great French writer. 
Okay, it's labor and love, and well, let's see what we're going to talk about here today. Um, all right. We got Paul Robeson. We've got... We've got Malcolm X, February 19th, the uh, sad, sad anniversary of the murder of Malcolm X in 1965. Who was Malcolm X anyway? And we'll talk about that. Ella Josephine Baker, Zen Education Project. Labor History in Two, Radio Labor. Major League Baseball. What's going on in Major League Baseball? As the, the season is going to start or not start? We'll have to see about that. And Raymond Green, home was robbed. Sorry to hear that. Lost a lot of stuff. Sanitation workers win a raise. Okay, we'll cover all that and more. Let's start out right now. With radio labor. This is Solidarity News on Radio Labor. This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, February 18th, 2022. I'm Mark Bolasha. In the report this week, workers celebrate Heart Unions Week in the UK, the American AFL-CIO and global labor struggles, the Labor Start report of union events and singing. Well, I'm going to tell you fascists. You may be surprised, people in this world are getting organized. You're bound to lose, you fascists bound to lose. This is Radio Labor. Every year, starting on Valentine's Day, February 14th, a remarkable explosion of love for unions and what they do takes place in the United Kingdom. It's called heart unions, as in my heart belongs to the union. This year, the British Trades Union Congress conducted a webinar to review the state of labor struggles around the world. The webinar was hosted by the General Secretary of the TUC, Francis O'Grady. Heart Unions is all about celebrating the brilliant work that unions do, especially our union reps and activists on the front line, winning for working people. This year, Heart Unions is focused on everything about organizing, growing, and winning as a movement. Top priority for the movement worldwide is organizing and growing. And we know that we've got to be in a fit state to face some very big challenges ahead, whether that's a 
public health, whether it's security at work, whether it's making sure that workers get dignity on the job and fair shares, fair rewards for the work that we do. We've got big challenges like climate change and that just transition that we're all working for, AI and new technologies. And of course, we have the challenge of that global radical right and the far right, our opponents throughout history who aim to divide workers and we have to resist them and we know that we can defeat them. A key part of our strategy is solidarity across borders and learning lessons from each other. And that's why I'm so pleased that at today's event, we've got trade union leaders from Chile, from Spain, from India and from the USA. And all of us are mobilizing and organizing both industrially and politically on a mass scale, sometimes winning victories against very harsh odds. Um, but this, through this event, we want to build that sense of solidarity. We want to build some practical thinking and stand on each other's shoulders. We can learn from each other. Uh, in Spain, for example, we've had those groundbreaking labour reforms, including uh, new rights for platform workers uh, and sexual collective bargaining. By the way, those are victories uh, that the Labour Party over here is committed to delivering should they win the next general election alongside that commitment that unions fought for really hard, uh, the New Deal for working people that would also ban those zero hours contracts and deliver fair pay agreements. In the USA, we've got uh, President Joe Biden talking about union jobs uh, and the importance of respect and dignity at work. Again, no accident that he's worked really closely with our, our friends in the AFL-CIO. Uh, in Chile, that breathtaking victory against the far-right candidate, fantastic, and the work that unions in Chile have been doing in support of developing that new constitution, finally, uh, we hope, putting an end to that uh, Pinochet era. And in India, farmers and agricultural workers, again, you know, this is incredible mobilisation forcing the Modi government into retreat on their anti-worker farm laws. We now turn to Fred Redmond. Fred uh, is, a, I believe, a former steel worker who is now secretary-treasurer of the AFL-CIO, our sister organisation that we work so closely with, good friends through thick and thin. Uh, and we've had a fair bit of thin on both sides of the Atlantic until recently. I have to say, Fred, it is so refreshing to hear your president talking with such confidence about issues that matter to us, like union jobs, the union rate for the job, dignity at work, and also supporting the AFL-CIO and your affiliates in taking on some of those corporate big boys from Amazon to Starbucks to Kellogg's and showing whose side he's on. But over to you, Fred, and you are very welcome. Hello, everyone. As Francis stated, I'm Fred Redmond, Secretary-Treasurer 
of the AFL-CIO. We are a federation in America representing 57 unions with 12.5 million workers in all sectors of the U.S. economy. Our trade union movements have to navigate different political and economic landscapes, and we face unique challenges. But we share the same fundamental premise that links working people around the world, that together we are stronger than we are alone, that workers around the world need decent work, and freedom of association is the key to securing decent work, that workers joining together is the best way to reverse the decades of austerity and corporate greed and power, which has led to growth inequalities, which has put our future on this planet in peril and have undermined our democracies. And we share the same fundamental belief that unions are the best vehicle to deliver the change workers want for their families and for their communities. And right now, workers are just fed up. The pandemic has pulled back the curtain, and not just in the United States. We're seeing frustrated workers airing their discontent all over the world. Workers are rejecting jobs where they risk their health and safety for poverty wages, and workers are striking and standing up for their rights and demanding an economic model that works for all workers. The strikes that we have seen in the manufacturing, food processing, and mining sectors are remarkable. At Kellogg's and Nabisco, at John Deere, these companies raked in huge profits during the pandemic, and they denied workers their fair share. But American workers are more unified than ever, and they're more militant, too, and willing to endure hardships and uncertainty for their future and for future generations. In the United States, in the state of Alabama, Currently, we have 1,000 coal miners that have been on strike for over 10 months at Warrior Met Coal. And the coal miners, they gave up wages, health care benefits, pensions, and more to allow Warrior Met coal mines to emerge from bankruptcy five years ago. And since then, the company has done extremely well. But instead of investing in its workers, the profits are paid out to shareholders and hedge fund managers, and the workers are struggling, and the community is struggling, and corporate America is holding on to the wealth workers help create. But there's a renewed energy amongst American workers, especially amongst young people, and it is critical that we harness that energy for new organizing. And we're seeing new opportunities for organizing across the country and in all sectors. University research assistants, art museum workers, video game developers, and political staff members. We aren't just quitting substantive jobs. They are staying around to organize. They are motivated to break down the structures that allow racism and gender discrimination and sexual harassment for having been told that they were essential one minute, but they were expendable the next. And we're seeing that at Amazon The warehouse workers and Amazon, they're set to vote to join a union for the second time. And see, this comes after the National Labor Relations Board found that Amazon unfairly pressured workers to vote against the union last year. And the recent reports show that Amazon is employing the same union suppression and intimidation tactics this time around also. 
But we're seeing a level of solidarity between unions that is unprecedented in recent histories. The union organizing the 7,000 warehouse workers at Amazon in Alabama, the UFCW and the RWDSU, they had a significant number of staff organizers on the ground, but they needed more to stand a fighting chance. So the call went out, and 15 unions from across the labor movement stepped up. And the number of organizing staff on the ground increased by 70%. Here with his report about union events around the world is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. This week, our top story section included links to coverage of how Canadian unions have reacted to the occupation of that country's capital by far-right extremists. The story behind the victory for an independent union at an auto parts factory in Mexico and the first ever private sector strike in Lithuania. We also carried news from Belize, where an employer is suing a trade union for losses resulting from a strike. From Finland, where the long-running paperworkers strike has led to a paper shortage across Europe. And from Lebanon, where migrant workers have taken to the courts in an effort to end abusive treatment. For our Working Women page, our volunteers found coverage of the women workers in the UK's retail sector who are disproportionately suffering job losses as a result of the pandemic. We also had several stories about the election of Esther Mokeli, the first woman to lead a regional section of the Congress of South African Trade Unions. And we covered the huge victory won by Tunisian call center workers, almost all of them women, in their wage dispute. A small sample of the stories appearing on our health and safety page in Newswire this week includes protests by European Union media workers unions as the president of Egypt meets with the president of the European Commission, despite his regime being the single largest jailer of journalists on earth. We also carried stories about the toll that pandemic-related abuse from the public is having on Canadian library workers. And from the UK, we carried the long-awaited good news that one of the Shrewsbury 24 workers who were arrested, convicted, imprisoned, and then blacklisted for their health and safety activism in the 1970s has posthumously had his name cleared. Our photo of the week is of Portuguese healthcare workers celebrating a victory that saw them win a substantial wage increase in recognition of their sacrifices since the start of the pandemic. Labor Start hosts online solidarity actions at the request of unions around the world. This week, we'd like to highlight urgent appeals for online solidarity with trade union activists facing assassination in Colombia, prison and torture in Cambodia, and a horrendous employer and a complicit government in Lithuania. In just a few seconds, you can do your part in these struggles by sending a solidarity message. Look for details of these and other campaigns on our site. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Now here is the American folk singer Woody Guthrie with You Fascists Bound to Lose. Well, I'm going to tell you fascists, you may be surprised. People in this world are getting organized. You're bound to lose, you fascists bound to lose. Yes, 
That's it, labor news you can use. You can listen to our daily newscasts and features at radiolabor.net. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity.
nothing I can do or nothing I can say that folks don't criticize me but I'm going to do just as I want to anyway and don't care just what people say if I Jump into the ocean Ain't nobody's business If I do If I go to church on Sunday Then cabaret all day Monday Ain't nobody's business If I do If my man ain't got no money And I say take all of mine, honey Ain't nobody's business If I do If I give him my last nickel And it leaves me in a pickle Ain't nobody's business If I do Well, I'd rather my man would hit me Than for him to jump up and quit me Ain't nobody's business If I do I swear I won't call no copper If I'm beat up by my papa Ain't nobody's business If I do Nobody's business Billy Holiday, ain't nobody's business if I do. And it sure ain't. But Rye Cooter. Texas and places, and the dust storm came and, and ruined their farms, and 
and their <clears throat> houses and everything. They had to get out, figured they couldn't do worse. Said, so long, it's been good to know you. And we're moving west. And they got out there, they found all these uh, border police at the California border telling them to go back. They said, we can't go back. He said, man, you can't stay here. This little song tells about uh, what happened to him. Do re mi. Here we go. Oh, 
Hey, Ry Cooter, Ry Cooter with the Do Re Mi. He had a Woody Guthrie song before that, You Fascist Bound to Lose. And, uh, let's play this one on Sweatshops. the most evil business in the world. April 23, 2013, cracks had started showing in the walls of a building in Bangladesh called the Rana Plaza. The Rana Plaza was home to shops, a bank, and clothing sweatshops. The whole building had been ordered to evacuate and not return to work until the repairs could be done. But the sweatshops didn't have time for that. Instead, they threatened workers. They told them they would withhold a month's pay if they didn't return to work the next day. Most of these workers were women and kids who desperately needed the money. They couldn't afford losing a month's salary. So on April 24th, 3,122 people returned to work in the building. A lot of the clothes being made by these workers would end up in Walmart and Primark. The sweatshop owners knew the risk, but they forced the workers to go anyways. And just a few hours after the sewing machine started up, catastrophe hits. At 9am on April 24th, 2013, Rana Plaza collapses. 
An eight-story building collapsed today, killing at least 145 people. During morning rush hour, it simply collapsed. It's estimated that more than 3,000 people, mainly female garment workers, were inside when the building came down. The sound of crushed concrete and falling walls could be heard all throughout the city. People who felt the collapse said it felt like an earthquake. After the collapse, the search for survivors and victims took almost three weeks. In the end, over 2,000 people were injured and 1,134 died. It was one of the most preventable accidents of its kind in history, but it was definitely not the only one. These sorts of catastrophes happen regularly in sweatshops. There's reports of managers locking doors to stop workers from getting out. And even when building owners know conditions are dangerous, they still force their workers to show up. And all of this is fueled by something called fast fashion. So you're a fast fashion brand, like Zara, H&M, and Forever 21, and you make your money by selling something that's always in demand, cheap, trendy clothes. A famous TikToker posts a viral video wearing a bucket hat, and two weeks later, your shelves are stocked with bucket hats of every color. Two weeks later, the bucket hats are gone, replaced with whatever she wore on her trip to Hawaii. Unlike slow fashion from decades ago, people aren't buying high-quality clothes to wear for years at a time anymore. They're buying low-quality pieces that are made to be worn just a few times, then thrown out. So now the name of the game is making clothes as quickly and cheaply as possible to capitalize on these trends. So that every time customers walk into your store, they're bombarded with low prices, sales, and discounts on clothes that are in now, but will be out of fashion tomorrow. Today, the average piece of clothing in America is worn just seven times before it gets thrown out. And one out of every 10 piece of clothing in fast fashion stores don't even get bought. They just end up in landfills. And the only way these insanely low prices are possible are with sweatshops, of course with some of the worst working conditions in the world. And here's how you can do it yourself. Just like how new fashion trends can be spotted weeks before they actually hit the stores, business and investment trends can be spotted long before they pop off. And if you're able to catch onto these trends early, you can make a lot of money. But this used to be a very tricky process. That is, until trends came along. With trends, finding the next big thing is ridiculously easy. Here's how it works. Trends team of expert business analysts vet thousands of business ideas and sends the best ones straight to your inbox every week long before they pop off. Not only is it a great resource if you're looking to start a new business, but it will save you months of research, testing, and the feeling of regret that you didn't start sooner. And that's not all. Trends also gives you access to an ambitious community of over 15,000 people where you can find your next co-founder or investor. Like this example where Trends uncovers signals that the indoor plant business was set to boom. One member took that report and launched a D2C plant startup. Now Rack received some valuable advice from the Trends community and then started building. 40 days later, he raised $1.5 million in funding. Or Craig who ran a brand called Nerdy Nuts. When he joined Trends, he asked for honest feedback and got roasted. Members repositioned his brand and had him focus on D2C. The results? He went from netting $60,000 to $1 million in revenue just a year later. So if you want access to these vetted business ideas and the community to make it happen, go to trends.co slash jaketran with the link below to get a 7-day trial of Trends for just $1. That's trends.co slash jaketran with the link below. Thanks to Trends for sponsoring this video. So let's say you're planning on filling your store with the latest, trendiest cotton shirts. 
From sourcing material to sewing on labels, you need to make sure the people involved are working as fast and for as little money as possible. Here's the step-by-step -step guide to making as much profit in as little time as possible. Step number one, copy the design of the most popular cotton shirt you can find at the moment. Don't waste time or money on designers. Just rip off another design, change it up a bit, and boom, you are now a fashion designer. It's the reason why the clothes in every fast fashion store look almost exactly the same. Step number two, sourcing your materials. Now this is where things start to get fun. You see, you could buy responsibly sourced cotton from a reputable farm, but that's just so expensive. These farms are paying their employees a living wage, giving them time off, benefits, insurance, and you're the one that's expected to pay for it by buying their cotton? No thanks. Instead, source your cotton from a country like Uzbekistan. In Uzbekistan, the government owns most of the land, and farmers have to lease it in order to plant crops like cotton. But because the government owns all the land, they've created a monopoly where each cotton farmer has to meet insane cotton production quotas and sell their cotton at a specified low price or risk being left without any sort of work or income at all. In most cases, the price set by the government is even lower than the production costs. Their solution? Slave labor. Every harvest, thousands of civilians, including doctors, teachers, and children, are forced to work on cotton farms to help reach production goals. These workers aren't paid. They have to live in camps or buildings without running water. And if they refuse to work, they may find themselves publicly humiliated, punished, or fired from their regular jobs. And even though most major fashion brands have signed agreements to not buy from Uzbekistan, companies like Forever 21 and Urban Outfitters still sometimes get caught using the country's cotton. If you don't want to go with Uzbekistan, maybe source your cotton from Xinjiang. Xinjiang is the westernmost region of China. It's known for its energy reserves, its giant cotton industry, producing one-fifth of the world's cotton supply, and its concentration camps for Uyghurs. After these camps were set up, these same prisoners were brought onto cotton farms and factories to be used as forced labor. What well, all of this means is that you get some very cheap cotton. But beware, since Xinjiang's camps are in the mainstream now, any association with them can lead to your brand getting boycotted or cancelled. But since it supplies one-fifth of the world's cotton supply, and that China is so opaque, you have some plausible deniability. The supply chain is so complex, I didn't know we were using slave labor. With such low prices for cotton, harvested using slave labor and sold for dirt cheap, you're ready for the next step in production, making the actual clothes. Step number three, the sweatshop. Once you've bought enough cotton for your trending cotton shirts, it's time to turn the raw cotton into the shirts. And this is where it gets interesting, because you may have a factory in a country like Bangladesh or India, but that is not where the real work gets done. You see, turning raw cotton into cotton clothes is a labor-intensive process, which makes it very expensive. So instead of directly employing people to get the job done, you outsource your production to local sweatshops. This again gives you a little plausible deniability in case anyone ever finds out the working conditions your clothes are made in. You never knew things were that bad. You were just outsourcing the jobs to benefit the country's economy. So you send the raw cotton to sweatshops, where managers agree to create clothing for dirt cheap at turnaround times that no one in America could ever dream of. These people are producing up to 20 shirts an hour while being paid as little as 3 cents a piece. That is 60 cents an hour. Then you take that same shirt and sell it for $25 in your store. And the people who produce the clothes, they're mostly women and children who work over 12 hours a day. 170 million children are spending their days working in some of the worst conditions on the planet. They're verbally abused, not allowed to take breaks, forced to work even when they're tired, sick, or injured. All that for maybe 2 to $3 a day if they're lucky. 
And when people start feeling guilty for buying clothes made in Bangladesh or India or China, well, you hit them with the best trick in the book, a nice old reassuring made in the USA label. Whenever someone buys clothes that are made in the USA, they assume it's ethically sourced and manufactured. I mean, there are strict laws in place regulating the clothing industry, and if you're buying something made in America, you can do it with a clear conscience, right? Well, that's what you want them to think. You see, the truth is, there are lots of loopholes when it comes to using a made in the USA label. One great loophole to exploit is manufacturing your clothes on the Pacific island of Saipan, which is technically a US territory. Even though it's part of the US, Saipan has its own immigration laws and industrial regulations. Every year, thousands of people arrive on the island, promising that they'll be able to get jobs in America if they follow a complex immigration process. But the reality is, once they arrive, they have to pay off up to $7,000 in fees. Most of these people don't have anywhere near that amounts, so they work in sweatshops in Saipan, producing clothes that will eventually have a Made in the USA label sewn onto it. And boom, your customers have a clear conscience, and you get to keep your margins. Even in mainland America's strictly regulated clothing industry, sweatshops still manage to fly under the radar, even in places like Los Angeles, where millions of illegal immigrants work to produce clothing for cheaper than any legal factory. And when they're being abused or forced to work, well, they can't go anywhere because they could get deported. Now that you have your sweatshop up and running, it's time to hook in customers. Attention business owners, to help you through the current situation, we're offering you a People naturally want to be like their idols, so get the biggest influencers on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook to agree to do brand deals with you. Send them tons of stuff for free for them to promote. Have them create videos with titles like $400 shopping haul. Constantly instill the idea that clothing is disposable, that cheap is good. If their favorite TikToker is wearing your clothes, you must be a good company to buy from. Make them believe that they can throw their clothes out with every new fashion trend, or better yet, that they can just donate their old stuff to be a good person. If only they knew that 90% of donated clothes end up in landfills too. Make people believe that consumerism is benefiting society, that your supply chain is creating jobs and making it easier for Americans to buy trendy clothes. The more people care about looking trendy and fashionable, the less likely they'll care about things like what's right. Once you achieve that, you're on your way to limitless riches. So let's say you followed every step in this guide to the T, but like many other brands before you, you find yourself caught in a sweatshop scandal. The best way to maintain your reputation, keep your customers' conscience clean, and keep the money flowing into your coffers is to pretend that you care. Immediately fire the sweatshop and factory responsible for the scandal, and then send out your spokespeople to tell everyone how shocked and horrified you are. Donate to a charity that helps out these workers, and maybe even appear on TV yourself looking distraught. Announce that you are committed to change. Show the world how you fired the factory responsible for the scandal. Tell everyone you're going to be sending inspectors to every single factory to make sure work conditions are up to code, and stick to your word. Fire the scandalized factory, but hire another one immediately after. This is even your chance to shop around and find a cheaper sweatshop than before. And all those inspectors you're sending out, they're just for show. You know that factory managers regularly force their workers to lie to inspectors, so as long as they're telling them what they want to hear, it will be business as usual. You can even slap on labels that say sustainable cotton onto your clothes. That way, consumers are less likely to ask questions and more likely to spend their salaries on clothes that they're only going to wear a handful of times.
Do I buy clothes from these fast fashion brands? Yes, but I actually have very little clothes and the clothes I do have, I keep for a really long time. I wanted to bring this up because I'm definitely not a saint myself and I don't like pretending that I am. It's been a while since I've been on camera because it's been super, super busy. But yeah, if you're new here, this is the number one channel for documentaries on money, power, and crime. So subscribe and if you want documentaries that are too controversial to post publicly, you can click that join button below and you will get instant access to business documentaries going over things that they would never teach you in business school. We have one on Monsanto, MK Ultra, and the next one coming out very soon is on everyone's favorite private island owner, Efri Jepstein. So click that join button below. It's way cheaper than any like education you'll ever get. And there's a refund policy too. If you don't like it, email me and I will personally refund you the money. That's going to wrap it up. Stay dangerous out there and I will see you guys in the next one. Okay, that's our uh, sweatshop. Our uh, sweatshop special. And now for the next hour or so here, we're going to play uh, songs of protest. Okay. Looks like we're losing our connection. Computer connection. Christ was a man that traveled through the land, hard-working man and brave. He said to the rich, give your goods to the poor, so they laid Jesus Christ in his grave. Yes, Jesus was a man, a carpenter by hand, his followers true and brave. One dirty coward called Judas Iscariot has laid poor Jesus in his grave. He went to the preacher, he went to the sheriff, told them all the same. Sell all of your jewelry and give it to the poor, so they laid Jesus Christ in his grave. When Jesus come to town, the working folks around believed what he did say. The bankers and the preachers, they nailed him on a cross, and they laid Jesus Christ in his grave. Now the working people followed him around, sang and shouted gay. But the cops and soldiers nailed him in the air and they laid Jesus Christ in his grave. Well, the people held their breath when they heard about his death. Everybody wondered why. 
It was the landlord and the soldiers that he hired to nail Jesus Christ in the sky. This song was made in New York City of rich mans and preachers and slaves. If Jesus was to preach like he preached in Galilee, they would lay Jesus Christ in his grave. Yes, Jesus was a man and a carpenter by hand, his followers true and brave. One dirty coward called Judas Iscariot has laid poor Jesus in his grave. When he got Listen, yeah, people. Listen to me. Don't try to buy no home down in Washington, D.C. Cause it's a town. Great Hudy Ledbetter, known as Lead Belly. Oh, brother, 
Get back, get back, get back. The number I got in line They called everybody's number But they never did call mine They said if you was white You'd be alright If you was brown Stick around But as you black Oh brother Get back, get back, get back Me and a man is working side by side This is what it meant They was paying him a dollar now, and they was paying me 50 cents. They said, if you was white, you'd be all right. If you was brown, stick around. But as you black, oh, brother, get back, get back, get back. I hope built this country, and I fought for it, too. Now guess that you can see what a black man have to do. He says if you was white, she's all right. If you was brown, stick around. But as you black, oh brother, get back, get back, get back. I hope win sweet victory with my little plying hole. Now I want you to tell me, brother, what you're gonna do about the old Jim Crow. Now if you's white, she's all right. If you's brown, stick around. But if you's black, oh brother, get back, get back, get back. Come to my door baby face is clean and shining black as night my mother went to auntie you know that you looked so fine now i could understand your tears and your shame she called you boy instead of your name when she wouldn't let you She turned and said, but honey, he's not our kind. She says, I can't see you anymore, baby. Can't see you anymore. Walk me down to school, baby. Everybody's acting deaf and blind. Until they turn and say, why don't you stick to your own kind? My teachers all laugh, they're smirking stares Cutting deep down in our affairs Creatures of equality One of these days I'm gonna stop my listening, gonna raise my head up high. One of these days I'm gonna raise up my glistening wings and fly. But that day will have to wait for a while. Baby, I'm 
When we're older, things may change. But for now, this is the way they must remain. I see, I can't see you anymore, baby. Can't see you anymore, no. Don't want to see you. Must a man walk down before he's called a man? And how many seas must the white dove sail before he sleeps in the sand? How many times must the cannonballs fly before they're forever banned? The answer, my friend, is blown in the wind. The answer is Before it is washed to the sea How many years can some people exist Before they're allowed to be free How many times can a man turn his back And pretend that he just doesn't see The answer, my friend, is blown in the wind The answer is blown in the wind Okay, you're listening to our celebration of protest music. We're playing songs from the Smithsonian Folkways album called Classic Protest Songs. And uh, we started out with a chant from workers in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, who were going out to register voters at a time when uh, that was a very dangerous thing to do. We all owe a, an appreciation to those people who went out and looked racism in the eye, often got killed for it, beat up for it, jailed for it. 
Then Woody Guthrie's Jesus Christ, uh, pointing out that Jesus was, yeah, a working man and uh, the things that he was preaching would get him jailed, would get him killed now. Maybe if he'd gone down to the South and preached uh, brotherhood between black and white, something would have happened to him. Lead Belly with the Bourgeois Blues, singing about our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., and uh, what a racist town it was. It was the capital was placed there as a result of a deal between slave owners and big business. Black, Brown, and White from Big, Big Bill Brunzi, one of my favorites. Um, if you're black, step back. And Janice Ian with Baby I've Been Thinking. Ian talked about how amazed she was that people sent her hate mail and threatened to kill her. We're singing about a... Uh, an interracial romance. And finally, we had the New World Singers. Bill Turner, Bob Cohen, Dolores Dixon, and Happy Traum singing Blowing in the Wind, the first version of Blowing in the Wind that was uh, recorded. And they also were the first ones who record Don't Think Twice It's All Right. Okay, let's see what else we got now. Resorted to this because our computer is out of power. Alright, so let's see what we got coming up. Sands of her diamond deserts 
And all around me a voice was sounding This land was made for you and me This land is your land This land is my land From California to the New York Island From the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters This land was made for you and me There was a big high Stop me And the sign was painted It said private property But on the back side It didn't say nothing This side was made for you and me Shining, and I was strolling in the wheat fields waving, and the dust clouds rolling, and the voice was a chanting as the fog was lifting, and it said, This land was made for you and me. Time to plant, a time to reap, 
a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to laugh, a time to weep. To everything, turn, turn, turn. There is a season, turn, turn, turn. And a time for every purpose under heaven a time to build up a time to break down a time to dance a time to mourn a time to cast away stones a time to gather under heaven a time to gain a time to lose a time to rend a time to sow a time of love a time of hate a time of peace I swear it's not too late to everything Now the Senecas are an Indian tribe of the Iroquois nation. Down on the New York-Pennsylvania line, you'll find their reservation. After the U.S. Revolution, Corn Planter was a chief. He told the tribe these men they could trust, that was his true belief. He went down to Independence Hall and there a treaty signed that promised peace with the USA and Indian rights combined. George Washington gave his signature and the government gave its hand. They said that now and forevermore, this was Indian land. As long as the moon shall rise, as long as the rivers flow, as long as the sun will shine As long as the grass shall grow On the Seneca Reservation There is much sadness now Washington's treaty has been broken There is no hope, no how all across the Allegheny River They're throwing up a dam That will flood the Indian country A sad day for Uncle Sam 
It has broke the ancient treaty with the politician's grin. It will drown the Indian's graveyard, corn planter, can you swim? The earth is mother to the Senecas, and they're trampling sacred ground. Change the mint green earth to black mud flats as Anna hobbles down. As long as the moon shall rise, as long as the rivers flow, as long as the sun will shine, as long as the grass shall grow. The Iroquois Indians used to rule from Canada way south, but no one fears the Indians now and smiles the liar's mouth. The Senecas hired an expert to figure another sight. But the great good army engineers said that he had no right. Although he showed them another plan and showed them another way, they laughed in his face and said no deal, Kinsadam is here to stay. Congress turned the Indians down, brushed off the Indians' plea. So the Senecas have renamed the dam. They call it Lake Perfidy. As long as the moon shall rise, as long as the rivers flow, as long as the sun will shine, as long as the grass shall grow. Washington, Adams and Kennedy, now hear their pledges ring. The treaties are safe, we'll keep our word, but what is that gurgling? It's the backwater from Perverty Lake, and it's rising all the time. Over the homes and over the fields and over the promises fine. No boats will sail on Lake Perverty. In winter, it will fill. In summer, it will be a swamp, and all the fish will kill. But the government of the USA has corrected George's vow. The father of our country must be wrong. What's an Indian anyhow? As long as the moon shall rise, as long as the rivers flow, as long as the sun will shine as long as the grass shall grow. And that's it. It was uh, Peter Lafarge singing uh, about the promises that the U.S. government gave to the various tribes of Native Americans. And about those promises, one uh, 
one Indian chief said, they made us all kinds of promises, but there's only one promise that they kept. They said they would take our land. They promised to take our land, and they did. Listen to a corrido now. A corrido is a song, a ballad about, in this case, Cesar Chavez.
prices rocks the system you can see them come to patch up the holes now and they're always pushing policies that work out right for ruling class goals now They're drawing up a federal plan now Then it's off to Santa Monica To spend some time consulting for Rand now Where they tried to dream up ways To hide the rising cost of bombing Vietnam now But they'll be gone, gone, gone When the people take their power away spirits of the revolution we will not fit in and we will not give in we who are the spirits of the revolution we will not fit in and we will not give in we who are coming to understand more of the horrors we will not fit in and we will not give in we who are indelibly bourgeois and refuse to be so are increasingly aware. We who are unleashing powers move toward life. We who experience tragedy in the unending cycles of destruction. We who gamble with our lives. We who are the spirits of the revolution. We will not fit in and we will not give in. We who are the spirits of the revolution We will not fit in And we will not give in We who believe in the flowering of freedom We will not fit in And we will not give in We who are thirsty for greater knowledge We who walk the night this side of desperation 
We who are thirsty and looking for better ways to proceed. We who tremble then proceed. We who are the spirits of the revolution. We will not fit in and we will not give in. We who are the spirits of the revolution. We will not fit in and we will not give in. We who are wise enough to continue learning. We will not fit in and we will not give in. We who find brothers and sisters in the struggling peoples of this earth. We who are coming to understand more of the mysteries. We who are coming to see more of the reality. We who have met the beast within ourselves. We who are the spirits of the revolution. We will not fit in and we will not give in. We who are the spirits of the revolution. We will not fit in and we will not give in. We who are able to go beyond our anger. We will not fit in and we will not give in. We who are able to go beyond our awe. We who are not content to admit despair. We who care, we who burn, we who struggle with the knowledge that the path is long. We who are the spirit of the revolution. We will not fit in and we will not give in. We who are the spirits of the revolution. We will not fit in and we will not give in. We whose radiance is a wonder in life. We will not fit in and we will not give in. We whose anger cannot be conquered. We whose love cannot be bound. We who are singers of the new morning. We whose tears have freely flowed. We who are the spirits of the revolution. We will not fit in and we will not give in. We who are the spirits of the revolution. We will not fit in and we will not give in. We who have come to understand something of the horrors. We will not fit in. We will not give in. We who are indelibly bourgeois and refuse to be so increasingly aware. We who are unleashing powers within ourselves move toward life. We who experience tragedy in the as yet ending cycles of destruction. We who gamble with our lives. We who are the spirits of the revolution. We will not fit in and we will not give in. We who are the spirits of the revolution. We will not fit in and we will not give in. We will not fit in and we will not give in. Here, here. That last set. Started out with the Corrido de Cesar Chavez about the march, the great march that focused everyone's attention on the plight of farm workers from Delano to Sacramento in 1966. And we had Gone, Gone, Gone by a group called Red Shadow from our album Classic Protest Songs. 
economics majors from MIT. That's who they were. And the last one was Larry Estridge with the Spirits of the Revolution. We will not fit in. Hear, hear. We will not give in. This is the B, and it's time for us to go. Another Saturday. See you next week. And there's We Shall Overcome, which began as a labor song sung by striking tobacco workers in the South. At any rate, have a good week and good work. Coming right up is Flat Black Plastic with Scott Walker. And uh, we'll see you. of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutinyradio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> International banking, diplomatic cables, nuclear missile launch codes all rely on unbreakable encryption. What if these codes were no longer secure? That nightmare scenario seems to be a reality. A shadowy underworld syndicate is auctioning off access to the world's encrypted secrets. The only plausible explanation for this ability? Someone has achieved the holy grail of code-breaking quantum computing. Veteran CIA agent John Clooney must track down the perpetrators and retrieve this technology for the U.S. government and its personal, as the Enigma brokers have already cost the lives of his fellow agents, perhaps including his partner. John Wessex's The Enigma Brokers is the first book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit 
thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> I was just leaving the theater. And I started to do some thinking. Flat black plastic. I'm a freeway. I'm a freeway. Hello, Blake. Henry! Yeah, Charlie here. Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your, um, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. Has John Clooney's friend and ally become a dangerous enemy? Private investigator Anton Gruber has been CIA agent John Clooney's trusted aide. Clooney may have questioned Gruber's taste in cuisine, but never his loyalty, until Gruber double-crossed him. Escaping with his life, Clooney is sidelined while his superior attempts to discover how Gruber was compromised. The investigation delves into Gruber's astonishing past, from his unpleasant days as an East German border guard to life as a narcotics agent, from his time in the tango clubs of Buenos Aires to a trip up the Amazon in search of Nazi gold. John Wessex's The Prague Deception is the third book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Hey, Mutineers Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Are you looking for local handcrafted leather goods? Look no further than Skin on Skins, a local mission a leather working shop. All original pieces handcrafted for you. Jackets, belts, purses, jewelry, everything made out of leather. 
You need your bicycle seat fixed. You want it in cool leather? Under can do it. You have a motorcycle that you want to fit out with side bags and cool stuff? Talk to Under. Go to SkinOnSkins.com. That's S-K-I-N-O-N-S-K-I-N-S.com. You just went to Folsom Street Fair and you don't have enough leather? Go see Under. Everything is handcrafted and understated quality. Fine leather handcrafted goods for all of your needs. He also does fixes. Maybe you love that jacket. He'll put the zipper back in. Talk to Under at SkinOnSkins.com at 20th and Mission. Check him out at SkinOnSkins.com. Volunteer for the San Francisco Food Bank. The San Francisco Food Bank relies on volunteers like you to help sort, package, and distribute healthy food to people in need in San Francisco. Each year, over 22,000 people contribute thousands of hours to fighting hunger in our community. This support will enable the SF Food Bank to distribute 43 for 93.000 meals every day. But they can't do it without volunteers. Visit www.sffoodbank.org slash volunteer. Again, www.sffoodbank.org slash volunteer to find out how you can help. 